0: We're in business. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was great. I just worked the whole time. Did you not go to steeplechase? No. You didn't go?
1: I was going to go, and then I was just like, I need to focus right now. <laughs> it's <laughs> hard to focus there, I'll tell you. <laughs> as much as I would love to sit in the sun and watch horses and
0: get uh, get lit. You get lit. That's certainly part of it. Sorry, I mentioned this before. Um, the other part of steeplechase is you get so sunburned and there's no way around it. Every time I've ever gone, it's well, just like, how did, how did this happen? The, the one way around it is sunscreen. But even then, man, I'm telling you, it just finds, the sun finds the little spots that you maybe miss like behind your ears or, I don't know.
1: I grew up in Arizona. It doesn't, it doesn't find spots. <laughs> You've gotten pretty good at <laughs> uh, sunscreen. I'm a, I'm a professional, <laughs> okay. I'm a professional, yeah. Uh,
0: here's a dirt road question. Is sunscreen something a lot of people working in the field use? Absolutely not. I was going to say.
1: <laughs> no. There's a reason why everybody's skin looks like fucking leather. I had a thought, but I, I didn't want to
0: assume. Yeah. But that would have been my guess.
1: Yeah, sunscreen, uh, not very common, man. We're going to do one more thing. Please stand by. Now we're here. Okay.
0: Sunscreen, not very common in the dirt world. There's some leaves and everything just falls apart. (laughs) It's we just go back to my kitchen table? He was like, you (laughs) know, here's all the changes we should make. Oh, he didn't say that to me, but we had a conversation on, you know, what are ways we can grow this and, you know, make this higher quality, make this more flexible for us so that we can do the work better. And so we came up with this plan, which in theory works great and usually does, but we both have to be here for it to be smooth. Mm -hmm. How dare his brother get married out of town? super so he went to this wedding which you know fine i guess it's your brother Mm-mm. but all of a sudden you and i are recording a lot of podcasts in the week he's gone mm-hmm. um so but we're okay i think we'll only have recorded seven <laughs> do, you have, do you have siblings oh yeah i um i've got a great sibling bit here you good i've got two full siblings Okay, I've got two half-siblings, yeah. and I've got two step-siblings. Really? My youngest sibling, my, I have a half-brother who is nine. Whoa. No. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a gap. I mean, the, both of my half-brothers were born after I moved to Nashville. So it's like, it, it's not slight on my family, but just like that relationship's kind of complicated because- sure. They've always lived in... It's not like we grew up together. I was in college. Yeah. Or no, I guess I was out of college by the time they were born. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that'll make it tough to form a right. relationship.
1: Huh. Well, I've always... Um, where are you in the real sibling birth order? I am the oldest. To the oldest. Were you the first to get married? I'm the, I'm the only one to be married. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm wondering is of the three of us, Three of my siblings? Or three total, yeah. two siblings. My brother's two years younger, sister's six years younger. Who's gonna be the first one to get married? It's anybody's game right now. do, do the other Okay. You could also add my parents into the mix because both of them are unmarried. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now it's a race. So, so there's there's five of us right now. <laughs> Whoever gets married first is gonna win. All right, who's the least likely to get married? Dude, next? It is anyone's game.
0: Uh probably my I don't think my dad will ever get married. I was, married was gonna again. say I feel like he's in the point of his life where he's like I don't really need to do anything I don't want to do. Yeah, he's he's tried it twice,
1: and then he's to the point of his life where his like the whole compromise thing does just doesn't sound as good. I don't think when you're in your late sixties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think that's ever gonna happen. But but really, it's anybody's race right now. There's five of us in the race. Who the hell knows how it's gonna end? Up? Are your
0: siblings dating anybody?
1: Um, my brother has been dating a, a girl for a while. Okay, so he, I could see him getting married first. Yeah. And then your sister, I mean, she's still in college. Sister's a junior in college. Okay. She, she, she's got one more year. Anything I mean, can some happen. People, some
0: people go to college to meet a spouse. Yeah, um I'm not saying that is as common now, but
1: she's, she's 21, and uh both Dan and Randy got married
0: at 21. Things are working out for them. Mm-hmm. My parents got married when they were 21. They're not married now. That yeah you know, tells you anything. But yeah. Well, uh. I don't know if you want me to tell you good luck and the family get married. I don't know. I don't thing? know. If, I don't know if it's something that we need luck for. I think it's just like a. <laughs> just. I wonder who. <laughs> stand by. I'll yeah. keep everybody updated. Sure, sure, grab, sure, sure. Grab sure. your popcorn. Well, um, settle in. You've certainly got plenty of stuff you're working on that would make it hard to. Both be married, but honestly, I think the more realistic part, which is, I don't want to say, fascinating, but you were at a place in your life where it would be hard to invest in a relationship that way. Like you've set your life up that it would be very yeah, difficult to do that.
1: I think the relationship thing I can get my head around. It's, it's even further than that. It's children right now. Mm-hmm. I'll be around children and every single time around children right now, I'm just like, wow, I am, uh, I'm not ready for that <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love that one day. Absolutely love it one day. <laughs> but right now I cannot even slightly visualize mm-hmm. that. <laughs>
0: But man, I'll tell you. (laughs) But I
1: I get like life happens too.
0: Yeah. So if it happened right now, I'd be like, yeah, it it wouldn't be the end of the world. (laughs) I'm 27. I'd Mm -hmm. figure it out. But yeah, uh, it's not like you. First, I gotta, I gotta make sure I collect all the figurines I really want, and then after I do that, you know, it's like you are an adult. You are running a business. Like, there's work it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, even as I have two children, and I will not be having more. We went sure. I'm not like a kids person sure like i love my kids i love the children of the people who i love yeah but kids is an institution (laughs) the jury is still out which i i think is totally fair it's it's funny there'll be people my age
1: with kids and i view them as way older than me Because I figure that's like, that's just something like you do when you're a little bit older and I don't view myself as a little bit you're older like, right well, now. Well, <laughs> actually I am in my late twenties officially
0: and yeah. Yeah. And then,
1: but then I started thinking about reality. I'm like, it'd be perfectly normal to have kids right now. Um, Are you older I mean, than
0: your parents when they had you?
1: My dad, my dad's, my dad's 68 or sixty. Yeah. I was going to say he's a good bit older. Yeah. So he's, he had us when he, when he was in his forties. Okay. Yeah. And is your mom a little bit younger? Uh, my mom's twelve or thirteen years younger than my dad. Okay. Yeah. So she was kind of within typical.
2: Yeah. Nothing child, child.
1: years. Yeah. But my dad childbearing childbearing. Just, well, my dad had a first marriage. Did Did he not have? Did he have kids? He's He's never told us about any kids in the first marriage. Got it. Okay. So I mean, it could be very possible. As far as you know. As far as I'm concerned, and no, I don't think so. Okay. So I think that's what. Off his uh,
0: his timeline. Sure. Are your parents both from Arizona? Like, is that where the family's from? Um, oh wait, your mom's from my mom's Massachusetts. from Massachusetts. My dad's from
1: Nebraska, but they met in Arizona, and my mom they met because my mom was working for my dad. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, as a
0: paralegal. Sure, I think. A I've, I've heard of plenty of situations like that. that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm not even making a joke either. Like, I, no, I, I know people with that exact thing. I think works a good place to meet yeah. people. Because <laughs> you're <laughs> there a lot. You can meet people, and you typically have to spend a lot of time there in yeah. the percentage of your life. Yeah, it's
1: a good place to get to know people, and yeah. if something works out, great.
0: Right on. Yeah. Anyway, family talk. Family corner. <laughs> family on, corner. Here uh, the Internal Build It Podcast. I don't know how we got down that that rabbit hole, but... Oh, good. We're back here. It's a Monday. Monday. We are uh, just podcasting, trying to get them out before Aaron hits the road for a... A lot of time over the next. I've tried to reduce it a little bit like California
2: mm-hmm. next
1: to that one. I go to Arizona instead, though. I leave Wednesday night. So I'm around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. So. That should be fine. 60% more time than I was supposed to be around that week because I was supposed to be gone the whole week. Mm-hmm. This week, leadership is going to the Red Hills Mine in Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. So we have our leadership meeting tomorrow. We have them every six weeks or so. Mm-hmm and then is I've, the goal to do those in person like is that yeah okay dude having an all-day meeting remote <laughs> yeah screw that. um no thank you <laughs> i get I, that is that is so far from anything i ever want to do um no so as long as i'm in person i'm good to go <laughs> every once i mean given just life and everything happening some people can't there's, come there's always people remote yeah. yeah so which is which is great that we have that ability to do that it gives us a lot more flexibility but mm-hmm. me personally I, I can't i can barely sit in the same room for eight hours
0: i've found man i don't really have more than an hour on like a a call meeting mm-hmm. like i i don't want to say i check out yeah but i i start looking for things to do mm-hmm. and like you know it's not because i'm not interested it's just like I, that is so much harder not in person yeah, You know, you can kind of like be in it a little bit more if it's in real life, real life in person. But it it's a struggle to do like that long stuff when you're just sitting at your desk because it's like, well, well, this is happening. This doesn't pertain to me. So I really need to order this thing I've been putting off or, you know, like you can just kind of think of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is easier to do when you can turn off your camera. Exactly.
2: I
1: Well, I didn't even know. So this is how dumb I am. I used to, all the meetings we had on Google Meets or Zoom, I would just call into. And so I could be walking or driving or mm-hmm. something like that. I was, or or I'd just be sitting there, but I'd be calling in. I didn't know everybody else was on video.
0: You just assumed everybody else was calling in like you? I, or assume, more people
1: I, are- I assume that's just what you did. You just called in and you just talked. And then I found out, I think in the pandemic, that everybody uses video. And I'm like, oh,
0: so well, I should be calling in on my computer so everybody can see me. Well, it's interesting. So, when I think back to like my <clears throat> own childhood, like my dad always worked remote, but it was just because it was like regional sales roles, you know, just he worked for a larger company that had a distributed team of salespeople, and so I like one of my memories of like him working was conference calls mm-hmm. and that's like essentially what these are. It's just like the technology's improved so much that it's like less cold and can feel more personal, obviously with like the the pandemic things like the quality of technology and the access to the video call has like become a bigger thing to me but still a video call is
1: no more personal than a phone call it doesn't do anything else for me mm-hmm. I, i'm like i get everything i need from a phone call it's still remote you know like good thing i saw that person's face yeah, yeah. It, it's still it just doesn't i don't know it just doesn't doesn't do anything for me it's 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 like i get it it's it mm-hmm. serves a purpose obviously everything can't be in person um, but I don't think there's, for me personally, any difference between a video call and a phone call.
0: I will agree, in the sense that when I have spent a lot of time on video calls with people and then meet them in real life, it feels like I have to introduce myself.
2: Yeah, it's which re- like is my rem- own remote's remote thing. Yeah,
0: but still, like I think when I'm, I think I met a lot of new people. at Well, obviously, all of our team meetings that we've had, I'm, I'm always meeting new people for the first time. But. I still feel like I had to, like, introduce myself or, like, reach my hand to sh- shake somebody's hand. It's like, I talk to you five times a week for the last six months. Like, mm-hmm. we're just friends now who work together. Yeah, But it's still, because, like, it's not in person, it's always, like, it's going to be a different dynamic, at least at first.
1: Well, every every time we have a company meeting, there's always people meeting people in person for the first time ever. And it's just fun for me to watch that. I, and, and, and I'm included in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch someone, they know each other, so they're comfortable with each
0: other, kind of. But there is a physical dynamic that, like, you can't fake prior to have meeting for the first time. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's fun, it's fun to, to, to watch. I also enjoy figuring out how tall people are when I see them in person for the first time. So
1: I saw you for the first time in person, mm-hmm. so I didn't, I didn't get that with you. But Matt Biddle, first time I saw him in person, like oh, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big guy. <laughs> you know? I'm, and I'm not a very big guy, which is why I think like, it was such hey. a surprise. And then, unfortunately, on that. So he joins when we go to Vite for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it, that was a bit of a mission. That was like a full week. We did Milwaukee, Madison, Duluth, and Minneapolis. So it was it was a mission. Yeah. And unfortunately, because it was a one-way rental, we got this tiny little, they call it an SUV, but it's not an SUV. Yeah, it's like a crossover. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. a crossover. So it's me, Chell, Angel, and Matt Biddle. And this, all your stuff. And all of our stuff <laughs> in this crossover for all of that driving and travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think Matt was
0: super happy <laughs> to be done at the end of that one yeah. because he did not fit in that car very well. That was pre uh we got to have a bigger car when we get a rental car with all these folks. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. and plus they have, all the media guys have more stuff now too. Dude, like it's just, just built. There's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole like room on airplanes
1: thing, it's like eh, I can kind of sit wherever and it feels pretty much the same.
0: Mm-hmm. But some people. Oh no! It's <laughs> it it can be bad. I'll knees-wise. watch a
1: really tall guy, and I'll just watch him sit down, and his knees are
0: damn near in his chin. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I just sit there and I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's the, not a good time.
0: What I've like realized is I, I just I didn't fly a lot in my twenties. Um couldn't I couldn't afford to fly for the most part. Um, and obviously I've flown a good bit more in my 30s. And I always thought like my knees are just gonna be up in the chair, you know, it's gonna be, be uncomfortable. The knees thing's not as big of a deal. Like, I mean, I can't here's the thing there are certain airlines I can't put the tray table down. Wow. Yeah. Um but the bigger problem is there's nowhere to put my feet. Like if I bring a, have to put a backpack under the seat. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking for places to put my feet under the chair, and then I'm like, hopefully that person next to me, you know, it didn't. Hopefully I have a seat next to me so I can like stick my foot under the other chair. Nice. That's the bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, what I discovered
1: was you just have to put your backpack below the seat during takeoff and landing. You can put it up, or in so, your lap. Well, so I, 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 I'll bring it from under the seat. Up and then kind of put my legs mm-hmm. kind of over. I'll, I'll turn it sideways so it's narrow, and then I can put my legs all the way through. I can and I have it. unlimited leg room. That's a good idea. For the flight. Yeah. Cause I figured, oh, I don't need to have this backpack underneath there, blocking all the leg room the entire flight. Why the heck don't I move it? It's so fine. So then to I start between it. my legs or. Yeah, yeah. I just put it in between my legs, and then I can put my feet all the way through.
0: That makes sense. Mm hmm.
1: You spend enough time on airplanes, you start to question. Come up hmm, with little tricks. Do I need that backpack <laughs> under that
0: chair the whole flight? <laughs> and I know. Well, I always like, I'm very big on. I gotta pull anything I might need for the flight. I'll pull before I like get going, like before we sit down. It's mm-hmm. like about like a tablet and my phone, my headphones, maybe like a notebook just in case, and just like just like a pile of stuff. Yeah, just because like I hate having to like stand up. I gotta get something out of my bag. Like you know, how it is. I always
1: have, I never check a bag Yeah, because that is a recipe for disaster. So no matter, I have not, I haven't checked a bag since I traveled. Uh, well, the only time, I think the last time I had to check a bag was when I went camping because I had a backpack. So I had a backpacking backpack with all my stuff in it. Yeah. And you can't bring that onto Mm-mm. a plane. Um, but otherwise, I do not check. I didn't check a bag going I don't do it overseas.
0: I just, I never do it. I don't, tr- I don't trust. I would say that's probably one of the bigger it. lessons I've learned working at Build With thus far is I can pack less stuff and I can just carry it on. Mm-hmm. Like I've got one of those, It's North. I think it's North Face, like the duffel backpack things. Um, and I think I have the smallest one, which I probably could have gotten a bigger one. But it's like, I can always fit my stuff in there, it turns out. Yeah. Like maybe I don't need to take four pairs of shoes. Like I can probably just get, a, get goodbye with one. That's exactly. Um, it. And it made my life a lot easier. Yeah. Anyway, travel, travel stuff. We did family corner. We did travel corner. Mm-hmm. Now on, we the, do, uh, on the next recording. Can we get into the commercial breaks? Yeah, that'd be funny. I've got, I've got some thoughts. Are you transitioning to media? Yeah. So, uh, let's see last Monday I had an, a call like my one-on-one with Kath and she says, so some news. I'm like, Okay. And it's like 8 a.m. on a Monday. Um, you are going to be on the media team, I think. Oh, okay. And in hindsight, like, of course, that makes a lot of sense. Not that the vlogs on that team. Like, there's, there's some reasons why that makes sense for me to move from marketing to that. At the time, when I went to marketing, it was because there was no other team for me to go to. And it, mm-hmm. it, it made more sense to be there at that time.
1: Yeah.
0: And so then um, I show up at the office. You and I are recording a podcast. I leave the podcast and a bunch of the media team people are out there and like, hey, congrats. Welcome to the team. Hmm. And I was like, oh, OK, this is official. That seems a little and like, yeah, yeah, we talked about it in our meeting. I'm like, oh, all right. So like I over the last week, I just like figured out, all right, here's what I need to do to finish up my like responsibilities as part of the marketing team. And then today I'm figuring out what do I need to ask the marketing team to still do while the media crew absorbs the podcast. Interesting. Which is cool.
1: And I think fundamentally, it's a good move. Um, marketing their skill set is expand the Bilva brand, mm-hmm. sell the software, drive awareness, market, and they are unbelievable at doing so. Yeah, and then media, unbelievable at telling stories. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So in the podcast. It's, you can't put it in either one bucket. In theory, it is kind of doing both at all times. It's doing both mm-hmm. at all times. But it's, I guess, first and foremost, we need to make sure we're telling a compelling story. And then we need to take it and drive the awareness and get it out into the open. So I feel like, you know, if, like Skylar talks about this all the time, you know, they can only do so much from a sales and marketing perspective if the product doesn't work mm-hmm. or it sucks, for example. Yeah. they can only do so much. And we've said that from day one, you know, if your company sucks to work for, I can only do so much to promote it, to drive people to work there because people are going to find out, oh, they go there. Wow. This sucks to work for. Yeah. And then it catches up with you. So when it comes to the podcast, we need to make sure the story is compelling and
0: then the marketing team can run with it and really make something special with it. And I think it, and this isn't just about the podcast. I would say this is more about content in general. When you're, trying to make something, whether it's if you think of it as just art or as content as like, if this is going to be distributed and this is going to do a, a job. I think it's still really hard to both focus on the storytelling aspect and the what are we going to do with it aspect. Yes. Like you, you can think what's the purpose of this, but I think when you're like producing content, producing video, producing podcast, I think you can always focus so much on how are we going to distribute this? How are we going to get it to the right people? Like, those are just two different ways to think about it. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about both those things, I think you do both a disservice.
1: I, I, I agree. And they would probably disagree with me on this. I don't like, I consider the audience one bit.
0: I create whatever I want to create. And that's what draws the audience in. Sure. but that's, But that's difficult if you're also thinking about how do we grow this thing like which is why i don't which is why i don't think about that yeah
1: and it's the the thing with creativity is there's no right way to do it Mm -hmm. you have to do what's what works for you what works for me is i want to tell the stories i want to tell and then i understand there needs to be some production and some thought into how we leverage those to drive the brand but also if there's too much then it doesn't become fun
0: for me and then i don't want to do anything well yeah if it becomes if every podcast we did was to solve a marketing problem, that'd be that would be really hard for us to continue to do what we do. Mm-hmm. But also, like there are, you know, on occasion some like considerations given to things that like come from the marketing team, like, hey, you know you guys have talked about this a little bit. Could you talk about it a little more? Sure. And so I, I like i've I've certainly spent a good time on all right. If this is like the question from a marketing perspective, how do we make good content on that that like doesn't feel like yes, marketing, we have like, we have answered this, you know, it's like, I think there's like a balance there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where we'll make a little bit more sense from the media team Yeah, because like media is always going to continue to make a lot of different things. You know, we've got what we're working on right now, but like that's, of course it's only going to expand just in the ways that the rest of our company is going to expand what we do. And I think the more that you separate Let's focus on making the content good, making telling really good stories, telling really interesting stories, making that compelling. Then I think marketing has, like a, a, has better tools to do what they're really good at that's with. It. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of how I see it and why it feels really natural in hindsight to think about.
2: Sure. Cool. Uh,
0: we've got a couple of questions for the internal podcast. Okay. Let's do it. Thanks to all the folks who sent in questions this week. I'm very big fans of all of you, especially the ones who sent in questions. All right, first question from Lee. Do you speak any languages slash know any words in other languages besides English? Um, I know every uh, word of Mexican slang. That's a good vocabulary to have. mm
1: yeah. Like week one, you learn how to tell your boss to go fuck himself <laughs> while working with a bunch of Mexican guys in Arizona, <laughs> which is a ton of fun because yeah. he tells you to fuck you, you know, fuck you, and you tell him to fuck you, and, <laughs> and you're just having a great time.
2: It's just say, like, yes, what you say.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, I don't know. Uh, I've always really struggled with people that are uh, judgmental about bad language. There, it's like okay if you don't want to use bad language that's fine but it's such a wonderful tool yeah. at the same time to connect with people and such an like those summers when i was out in the field with all those guys uh it was a it was an essential part of building the team and building relationships mm-hmm. and having fun while things were totally miserable it was a really language is really important. And all of these words, sure, they're bad words in a lot of places. But out there, they they brought everybody together. Um so it was it was a ton of fun and just really important to get to get to know all those words. Mm-hmm. And some of them took me a long time to figure out. Like, <laughs> like there was one there was one who was it was uh in, in my accent's not pretty good, but it's chingadera. And I was like, what what does that mean? Because they labeled everything, everything like that, everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I couldn't identify what it what actually meant. And I, I asked one of my friends who's Mexican. I'm I'm like, what is what is chingadera? And she just started laughing. She's like, that basically just means like fucking thing. So, so so you can you know give me you know give me that give me that fucking thing. You're like oh okay <laughs> oh, oh that it, makes got it, got it, got it. so much sense. Um so yeah specific words. Spanish slang or Mexican slang um, uh, I can speak Spanish if I spend a week or two in a Spanish speaking country as yeah. I grew up learning it mm-hmm. and I'm actually practicing it every day right now.
0: It's um, like if you're in the dirt world I feel like there almost needs to be I mean not there needs to be it feels like you would be doing your team a disservice if you didn't spend some time learning some Spanish. Yeah. Just because like the workforce is continually growing in in that uh demographic like there's always going to be spanish-speaking people in the dirt world
1: yeah and um i mean my spanish hasn't been bad i just haven't practiced it very much you have and to then, say it.
0: like you could probably read it pretty <clears throat> pretty well but speaking it's
1: way harder. speaking it's hard i can under yeah i can understand it well that's so I mean, that's certainly something if too. someone's talking or i can read it i can i can understand it speaking it's a different different ballgame but um i felt like a total idiot when i was in europe because everybody can speak four languages mm-hmm, like, or whatever mm. it is and you're just this, their english is
0: better than yours yeah
1: all i can speak is american <laughs> you know i'm just an idiot yeah that's not even yeah, um, i don't speak english i speak american yeah not that spanish would have helped me in europe mm-hmm. but um that's just, although I was like about
0: it. what i what i found when i was in europe was like yeah i took like french in high school a bunch i actually took both but being in just like Countries who their language was of like Latin origin, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of those words that are not as similar in English, but there's a lot of through lines in other languages. It's yeah. like, oh, that looks very similar to this word in this other language that I kind of know. Sure. You can kind of get around that way. Well, and even Angel was able to
1: communicate with a guy who spoke Italian through his Spanish background. It's like, if you say enough
0: Spanish words, they'll pick up, oh, that's similar to Italian words. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Makes yeah.
1: Romance, Latin romance languages. And then English just makes no sense Well, and then you went to Germany,
0: which uh, is not
1: really connected to Latin at all. No. And then then the German spoken in Germany is different than the German spoken in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Swiss German. Yeah. Yeah. Swiss German, high German, and apparently they're not very similar. I I mean, I couldn't, I can't tell because I don't know what's what since I only speak English. But to answer your question, I'm working on Spanish right
0: now. Working on Spanish. Good to hear. Every day. I'm practicing every day. Like on Duol- Duolingo or something. Duolingo, yeah, nice. Is is that one where you <clears throat> they like say a phrase and then you repeat it back kind of thing? It's a little bit everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you have to write in Spanish, write in English. Oh, okay, it's not like a thing you just talk. do on a walk. No, you, you like no, it's
1: It's super interactive and very well engineered and designed.
0: How um like how long is like a lesson or whatever you're doing?
1: Um, probably five or ten minutes each. Okay. <clears throat> so, I'm, I've been spending like 15, 20, 30 minutes a day on it. And right. once I get locked in on something, I can do it pretty, uh, pretty consistently mm-hmm. because I've learned how to build discipline in other parts of my life. So, with something like that, if it's important and there's a reason for it, okay,
0: I can build that. You're a little more schedule. comfortable with like adding a new thing that you want to be consistent mm-hmm. with. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Where if you like have kind of figured out what does discipline look like in this specific area in my life, it's probably like a little easier to add a new discipline to your life.
1: That's it. The more you do it. It's a skill. Yeah. Most people have no
0: discipline whatsoever. It's hard. Like none. And then it, it's hard to learn discipline if you are not disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Big time. Cool. Well, thanks, Marley. Thanks for the question. Next question is from Jay. How do you see all the team members staying in contact and keeping our family feel as we continue to grow? Um, I don't know. Uh, this is a great question to
1: think about pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. It's how do we increase face-to-face interaction through the office space, and I've not yet mastered that one. I'm trying mm-hmm. to work on that, and I have, I mean, I spent a lot of my weekend actually thinking about this subject with future plans, um, if we can pull it off, or I guess when we can, depending on mm-hmm. when we can pull it off.
0: Um, because eventually the, you know, every six months, like team meeting becomes like, it's not financially viable, right? Like as we grow, yeah. you know, if we're at 200 people <clears throat> or 300 people, like that's a much different beast than, you know, 50 people.
1: That's it. And we, we had that discussion. Um, is it financially viable for the summer? Because it's at least a quarter million dollars. Mm -hmm. It's it's more than that. but It's at least a quarter million dollar expense for less than a week meeting, which is very substantial. Sure. Very substantial for something on paper that we don't need to do. Like on a spreadsheet, mm, you don't need to do that. Well, yeah. It's like, what's the actual dollar amount we get out of that? You can't can't really say that? You can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's essential because we have so many people within the business that have never met each other.
0: So, and we always see the value.
1: Yeah, but it's just, it's harder and harder to justify the cost as it grows. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those things that we think is essential is we need to bring everybody together as, as often as possible. Um, We're also talking, uh, we're working through new guidelines, having everybody in town come into the office regularly, Mm -hmm. um, have everybody out of town come into the office once a quarter and not including the team meetings. So we're trying to just increase human interaction. Yeah. Um, it's going to come down to just a daily reminder for people and part of our onboarding about, hey, you know, a lot of us are remote. And when you're remote, you have to be more diligent about forming relationships. You have to be more deliberate about it because it doesn't happen naturally. Mm-hmm. So how do you be more deliberate about it? Um, I was talking to someone the other day. We're, 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 we're in a good spot. Um, I don't know. Someone said to me the other day, you know, every day, every day when you wake up, you're leading the biggest company you've ever, yeah, led, and that's it. I, I I've never grown a company before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never built a culture before. Um, I've never run a half remote, half in person, hybrid business. Uh, a lot of people haven't. It's a still a new thing in today's society. Yeah. So I think everybody's grappling with this problem. But I think just understanding that
2: maintaining,
1: growing the relationships we have within our business is essential. And if we stop doing that, we will fail. Just understanding that that is a priority within our business. And if we grow our people, we grow the relationships we have, we grow the trust we have with one another, we'll be good to go. Understanding that and, and figuring out new ways to cultivate that because, okay, great. We're you know approaching a hundred people. We go to 200 people. Everything we did at hundred people is not going to work for 200 people. It doesn't people. work. We're going to need to rewrite everything to get to that 200 mark. But just knowing that that's a priority and it's built into our values. Be a friend is, is there for a reason. It's not just be nice to people. It's, we need to maintain, um, a sense of importance around building relationships with one another, mm-hmm. because that's how our business works. And that's how we're going to go make the dirt world a better place.
0: Do you foresee our core values morphing and changing at all as we, you know, obviously work to eventually like the goal will be to double our size again, not obviously as fast as we have in the last couple of months, but like eventually that's another phase. Do you foresee and anticipate like our values changing to better reflect what a size that size of company looks like? Um, Potentially, but the core values scale. True. So it's not like any one of those doesn't. It's so. not like we, once we hit 200, you can't be a friend anymore because there's just too many people. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm. yeah. Simplicity is no longer best practice. <laughs> I think I think as you grow, the values only become stronger. Mm-hmm. Simplicity is only more important because as an organization gets bigger, there's more complexity that starts to creep in. Yep. Uh, make decisions. Decentralize command. That's only more important because as you become bigger… You're, from a leadership standpoint, further and further away from the front lines. So you need to make sure the people on the front lines are empowered to act and make decisions or else your organization starts to move slower and slower and slower and eventually dies away. Do what's right. I don't see that going away. Mm -hmm. Be the example. As we grow, there's more and more people looking at us. So being the example is only becoming more. I think they only, as we grow, they become stronger and stronger and stronger.
0: And, and, and are more important because like like you said, if we you know move away from you know focusing on simplicity uh, mm-hmm. keep it simple, um, that you know can gum up the works of what we're already doing. you know, the more people we introduce to like a, a situation, of course, the more complicated it can be. Sure. and so like that like you're right, that's where simplicity becomes even more important.
1: yeah, I think to this to this question though, we just need everybody thinking how r- what relationships do I need? be successful and help make the dirt world a better place? How do I go build those relationships? You need to work on building the relationships you need. You need to work on it. And sometimes you'll need a relationship that you didn't previously consider, but you better hope you have it when you do need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about that. It's not all about you have to produce, you have to be in meetings, you have to be doing stuff around here. Even if it's just spending time with someone you wouldn't normally spend time with and get to know them, that's beneficial for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. You as a human win just by connecting with another human being. That's important. I know a lot of people who are hundred percent remote, they oftentimes feel isolated. Just know that there's a lot of other people here that you can reach out to anytime and they don't have to be on your team. Yeah. Anytime, reach out to anybody. Um, so I guess I could, I, I spend a lot of my time thinking about yeah. this. And this is one of my big fears is we grow away from developing relationships. And that's why I really don't like the online world. I I can't stand the online world, honestly.
0: Yeah. And obviously like it serves a purpose and helps us do what we're doing, but not being with people, like, you know, you see the positive and negative effects of that.
1: You can't. Yeah. You, you can't. I sent out a note about efficiency. Um it's so much more efficient to just get on a Zoom call with somebody and hammer something out. Okay, great. Check. And I, you can't dismiss the value of that. But also, to me, that's a chore. Flying across the country to meet someone in person, exhausting, way more rewarding to me mm-hmm. than just getting on a Zoom call for an hour. Way more rewarding. Yeah. And I know that's not possible, but that's the kind of stuff we have to, even though we can make it more efficient from a human interaction standpoint, doesn't mean we necessarily should, because then you start to erode the relationship building that is essential to the success of our business.
2: Yeah. Well, so, so, And that's
1: why I, I, I think the company's going 100% remote. They're just, uh, they're going to obliterate their culture. They're looking at it from a productivity standpoint. Oh, we're all, productivity's up. Their culture is going to disappear. It's going to. Mm-hmm. There's just no possible way. Uh, or at least I don't see a viable way of building a really strong, long-lasting culture. A hundred percent remote. Humans did not evolve to be on a computer. We did not. Mm-mm. Our brains do not work that way. There's so much. I mean, you you can't refute. You can't refute it. Yeah. Um. So I think it's 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 valuable, and we couldn't be doing what we're doing without the remote environment. Mm-hmm. But the human component is never going away, and I think the human component is where there's real value in the world. I mean, even like you look at—I talked about this—I think the other day with Nick. (sighs) Bookstores got obliterated by Amazon, Mm -hmm. and everybody was like, "Brick and mortar bookstores are going away, man." No one's ever going to go to a bookstore again. Why the hell do you need a bookstore? Over the past few years, brick and mortar bookstores have exploded. Why the hell is that? Well, the world overcorrected. We need to eliminate because this is far more effective, but that's not the full value of a bookstore. Mm -mm. The value exchange of a bookstore is not just in being able to go get the book you want. It's being able to walk down an aisle and just peruse the books on the shelves. It's being able to sit down and have a cup of coffee in a bookstore with somebody else. It's about, I get to go buy a book and then I'm just going to hang out and read for a little bit here. It's the human element that makes a bookstore brick and mortar Mm -hmm. so special.
0: That's it. It, it, That's a fascinating point because, you know, it's like once we realized, oh, we can just get whatever we want from the Internet and it'll be here in two days. Then it was like, okay, well, once I've like solved the can I get stuff if I need it, Mm -hmm. then it's like, well, now I want to go back to, you know, how can I have like these particular specific experiences that I can't get from just ordering on the Internet? You know, and so the bookstores are definitely one of those. That's exactly it. But, I mean, I think we're going to continue to see businesses <clears throat> who, you know, maybe got crushed by Amazon or something like that that are now going to, like, start kind of coming back because people are like, well, I can have that experience if I just, like, need the thing. Sure. But, I mean, to me, it's like I, I grow older and, you know, just mature. I'm like looking for like that additional experience other than just like getting the thing.
1: Yeah. If we were, if you were going head to head with Amazon, you'd be very unwise to try to be more efficient and cost effective than Amazon. You can't
0: out Amazon, Amazon.
1: You can't out (laughs) Amazon, Amazon. But what you can do is you can create a far more human experience Mm -hmm. because Amazon is not a human experience. Mm -hmm. You don't touch a human. I mean, when's the last time you've talked to a person that works at Amazon? I've talked to my friend who works there just because he's my friend. Other than that, I don't think I've ever talked to a human being that works at Amazon. That's fucking crazy.
0: Well, yeah, it's like I we I went to this uh, like party, and one of the like there was like a little uh, activity, and it was you know go back through your history of what you've ordered on Amazon, and what's like the first thing you ordered, and like I have a ten year history there, and I've not even in person, but just like I was me- you know messaging, emailing back and forth. I, it was clear this was a person mm-hmm. versus like a bot. But even then, I've done that once and I've spent a lot of money with this while, company. Yeah,
1: but even I, I just I posted a picture of a new backpack I got and tagged the company. And the company wrote me today. Sorry, we didn't see what you tagged us in. You know, we're... We believe in spending time with family and, and we don't really work on the weekends, but, but we'd yeah. love to see. And that's just even just that, that message out. alone. It just, yeah, it just like it humanized that company and makes me love that company even more. Cause mm-hmm. It's not just about products. It's about human beings. And I'm a human being, so I can relate to them far more effectively than
0: here's an automated message.
1: Sorry, we didn't see what you, but we value your opinion.
0: Fill out the survey. What's like when you when you've ordered something from like a uh, burst form? Mm-hmm. you're like, all right, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for this handwritten note. Yeah, because it connects
1: mm-hmm. me as a human being to them as human beings. That's what's special.
0: Yeah, it's not just like a factory spit this box out and it came in the mail. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Right on. I have one more question. Oh, okay. Um, this question's for me, believe it or not. From you? No, for me. Oh, for you. Do you want me to read it? Uh, Sure. Since you, I mean, you, you put yeah. it on the... I did. I, yeah, I feel like I had to give it some credit. Um, I don't get very many of these. From Merrily in
1: uh, pencil written parentheses for Alex.
0: It it said it on the, the email.
1: Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about
0: that. <laughs> <It did. laughs> right here it's in pencil. <laughs> <I> prob- <laughs> what was your major in college? Okay, so I do want to preface this. This is an extremely un-dirt world answer. But Give some background to me. We're not on Dirt Talk. It's true. But I do work for a Dirt World adjacent company.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I went to college. Well, so I was a communications major, like business communications, my freshman year at Ohio State. Transferred to a college called Wright State University, which is in Dayton, Ohio. And I was a theater major. You finished as a theater major? Did. No shit. Mm-hmm. Theater major. Theater major. Wow. And... So I spent a lot of time writing dramatic works and performing dramatic works and um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But like I did tons of acting and you know wrote a lot of music. And um, out of that was like ah, I just like the music part better. And so I moved to Nashville to do music. But I went to college uh, to to be an actor. But I also really really wanted to write. And so what's so funny is now that I'm like coming back around to a lot of the things that I cared about 10 years ago that like I thought was my only identity was like, Oh yeah, people look at Alex and he's the music guy. He's like Mm. the writer guy. Yeah. And I haven't really done much of that. And now there's more and more opportunity to do things like that at BuildWit and still like affect our mission in a positive way is the irony of that is not lost on me. Sure. That's pretty funny.
1: Um, it's interesting too how people get their identities wrapped up in their career.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I struggled with that I'm a writer. Of music.
1: I'm a actor. And instead it's more healthy to position it as I am a creative mm-hmm. and I love to write. Instead of I am a writer, it's you get your identity wrapped up in whatever you're doing and it goes away
0: and you don't know where the hell you are anymore. Dude, I transparency, I struggled with that like two thousand sixteen. I did full. I did music full time from 2012 through 2015. Is that why you couldn't afford plane tickets? That's a big part of it. Let <laughs> me tell you. When I say full time, it was enough to not die. <laughs> and starving artist. Yeah. Uh, yes, for sure. And going out of that, like all my friends, and especially like after I I met Carly, my my now wife. All of her friends were like, Alex is the music guy. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I am that. And then after like not being a professional musician anymore, there was a lot of like, well, who am I to people? Mm -hmm. And like, that's like a hard thing. And I think there's certainly like emotional maturity that needs to happen and just like world experience to say like, like you're saying, that's a thing I do. But it turns out I have a lot of things I like to do that I don't want to be like that guy. And the same thing with like now at BuildWit. I don't want people saying Alex is a podcast guy. It's like, yeah, I mean, I do podcasts and that's like a cool thing I get to do here at work. But if people see me as like that thing, I feel like they've kind of missed the boat on who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that that idea has helped me like see other people as, you know, for example, like we've got designers here at BuildWit. Everybody like the, everybody who works as a designer here, at BuildWit, That's not the person they are. That's a thing they do that has you know utility to us. Yeah, but it's still a thing. Well, and I, 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 so I've tried to avoid this trap by
1: instead of seeing people for their career, seeing them for their unique gifts and skills yeah. and and talents and what really gets them going, um, and then I can figure out all right, what career are they? best suited for here and maybe it's not the one they're currently doing. Yeah. Which is a tricky thing to navigate from an outside perspective mm-hmm. because their identity is likely tied up in their career. Their career. And so you can't just say, "Hey, I think you'd be better at this," cuz then that's essentially insulting them by saying, "Well, you're you're
0: you're not good at yeah. the thing you think you <laughs> yeah, are yeah.
1: <laughs> or you've invested your whole life in or whatever yeah. it is." Um And it's not an insult. It's coming from a a intense sense of caring that hey, I think you're uh, you like you really light up over here, and I can see it very clearly from an outside perspective. You're gonna be far more successful over here than over there. And maybe you're maybe you're kicking ass at your your current gig, but long term maybe you're better off over over somewhere else. So yeah, I've 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 tried to look at people from their gifts
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and what they're special at rather than what their job. The thing they do. I got a piece of advice once that I think about often when you ask somebody something about themselves, if they sit up in their chair and lean forward, that's typically a good sign that they're doing what they should be doing, like Mm -hmm. that, like they're, um, kind of made to be doing at least in that phase of their life Yeah. versus like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's my job and it's fine. Yeah. But it's different than like you ask them. Yeah. It's just, you know, like that kind of engagement, when you see people do that to me, like that's now become an exciting thing to like see happen. Cause it's like, I know what that feels like. Sure. I feel that's so cool. It's such a great feeling to be that way. And when I see other people kind of, like you said, like light up in a specific area, they do that because like they can't help themselves, but be physically engaged in that mm-hmm. when they want to talk about it. Totally. Cool.
1: Yeah. I, i uh, going to say one more thing there, but then I, I lost my, lost my train of thought. It is fun being able to breathe life into rooms, though. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel, it, it, I was talking to my friend about this last night. I think so. I work a lot, and people I feel like project their situation onto me by like you 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 shouldn't work as much, or like man, you're always working, or like they feel bad for me because I'm working so much, <laughs> and and I sit there, I'm like, well, I don't feel bad about it. Like that's. It's, it's, I do it so much because that's all I want to do.
0: <laughs> What's it's not, yeah, it's not like you work at a gas station no, and hate it.
1: No, it, it's, 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 I, I think it says a lot more about them than it does me because it's like, that's not how I look at it mm-hmm. at all. That's not how I ever feel. I don't, I like, I didn't work this weekend because I'm like, oh, I just have so much to catch up on. I'm behind. I, I, I wanted to, I enjoyed it the whole time. I'm not exhausted. I'm not worn out. It, 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 was refreshing because i was working on things i wanted to work on Mm -hmm. um it's a fun place to be and that's the goal get as many people in that place as possible as well
0: i love that well said
1: all right this is a long one yeah okay well thanks for tuning in everybody if you have more questions send it to Mm alexandbillwith.com thanks y'all thanks for thanks for tuning in we'll see you on the next one stay dirty